Welcome to Adulting, the podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. All right, welcome to adulting.tv live. Today, our guest is Aaron Chase from $5 Dinners, $5 Meal Plan, Freeze Easy, My Freeze Easy, and a grocery budget makeover. We're super thrilled that Aaron's joining us today to talk a little bit about building your kitchen when you're on your own for the first time, your first kitchen. What do you need to do in order to get this done? I thought we'd start off and talk a little bit to you, Aaron, about what your situation was as you were kind of growing up and getting input from your parents as role models in terms of what you do in the kitchen. Oh my goodness. My mom is going to see this and go, okay, she shouldn't be allowed to talk about this. <laughs> but it's like our family jokes. It's okay. And I actually said it on a Facebook live earlier this week that we did on our dinner made easy show on our Facebook page. My mom didn't cook. Like she did. She fed us obviously like because you mm-hmm. kind of have to when you're a mom, right? <laughs> but well, she didn't, I didn't like, I mean, I'm a mom. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, you know, it's kind of iffy. <laughs> I know, Miranda. I'm, 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 I haven't lost hope on you just yet, but. Um, <laughs> the blue aprons, boy. Blue apron saving you. I know. <laughs> so, well, she, she, she made, I think she put herself in charge of the school fundraiser where they bring in the frozen food. It was called Market Day. I think it's still around, although I don't know of anybody now doing it, and at least in my circles here. And she, she put herself in charge of that. I think because she was like, well, if I'm already buying these meals, I should be involved. No, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. Um, she, she, we ate a lot of like frozen chicken cordon bleus. They were really good. I like them. Good protein, you know, filled me up. A lot of fish sticks. Just she, she would make spaghetti for us and we would do, you know, simple, simple breakfasts. And, you know, we would do lunch at school or lunch on our own as we got older. Right. But she didn't cook, cook for us, which was fine. I, I don't really, you know, we were a very busy family and we had time. I remember being at the dinner table um, all together. And then I don't remember being at the dinner table all together. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so my actually, I always say that my sort of cooking inspiration and encouragement and gene maybe skipped a generation. It came right from my grandmother. And so mm-hmm. I remember my memories of being with my extended family at her house during the summer. We would spend a lot of time with them uh, every summer when I was growing up my memories are from my grandmother. So food and cooking memories that are, you know, super positive or just real like family, everybody together. She had a house on a lake and everybody would be off doing different things. Right. And so she would like ring the bell that was on the side of her house and we would all come together for dinner, like legit. Right. So like those are, when I think about like family food memories from growing up, I think about more my grandmother maybe. And then I, and then I just giggle and think about frozen food that my mom would prepare for us. And I, I know she did some more cooking. She actually can cook. When we have like a holiday feast, she can make a few mean, mean dishes, right? But that she, she didn't love to cook. And so she didn't, you know, that didn't come through from her. It came through from my grandmother, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. what has passed down from that to the way you cook with your kids. And what, what, what's a dinner like at your house? Oh my gosh, it's just chaos. Um, 
So I, if, if, if you don't know me, I have four boys. Ryan is 11. Charlie is nine. Tyler turns seven here shortly. And my littlest guy is almost four. It's a, it's busy. It, it feels like a circus and we do certain things to help getting dinner onto the table be smooth. We generally, you know, serve our food or I plate the food for the boys versus um, the chaos of family style. They're not quite old enough for family style. <laughs> I think we'll move there eventually. But, you know, I'm really actually pretty protective of um, two things. I'm protective of my time in the kitchen so that I can prepare meals for them. I can bring them in with me and teach uh, them how to do things. They're in and around the, this, this space I'm sitting in right now is the heart of our home, right? Like this is where all the things happen. Um, homework happens in here. Dinner prep happens in here. Goofiness happens in here. Their little riding bicycle toy things happen in here. Like it's just, this is where everything happens, right? Dinner is chaos, but it's, but I'm protective of it. And I want, I'm holding on to it as long as I can. And of course, as they grow and get involved in more activities, you know, it is a little more challenging. Like we have a several nights, um, you know, each month where it's like we have dinner A and dinner B where, you know, one parent and certain set of kids has dinner at one time and then the other. And that's just, you know, part of it. But we're still, we try to have meals together as much as we possibly can. And, and I, I'll add to that, that we eat at home a lot, not so much because it's expensive to eat out. That's obviously a huge part of it. And a huge part of just, you know, me, I'm, I'm a frugal person in general. So, you know, driving through Chick-fil-A is 40 bucks at, at, at pop at this mm. point. Right. So it, it's not so much the expense. It, it is for sure. It's just the chaos of going out to dinner with all of the boys and just they <laughs> They're just wiggly. And if it was like a restaurant or fast food is one thing, but if it was like going to a restaurant, you know, you have to wait 20 minutes for your food to get there. Well, that's like, oh my gosh, even though they're old enough now really to entertain themselves, I'm not going to give them devices to do that. You know, we can't have it, but they're just busy and wiggly and oh my goodness, we're not there yet. We're just not, our family's not there yet. Um, so that's probably the reason that we eat at home as much as we do is because it's just hard and stressful and expensive to take them all out of dinner. <laughs> oh, if, if we were to uh, rewind back uh, before you had children um, and perhaps cooking for yourself on your, on your own for yourself, what, what was different about uh, your approach at that point, if that point even existed in your life? <laughs> it did. And it was actually very um, unique. You probably don't even know this. When I graduated from college, I spent a short amount of time in the U.S., very short, couple months, and I worked um, third sh second shift at a hospital. So I had a very strange eating mm. habit. So I just I would take my food, both lunch and dinner, um, to work. And so that was just kind of work. Um, I would just take simple stuff that I could throw together. After that, uh, a couple months after graduating from college, I moved to the Dominican Republic. So my cooking experience for myself was eat rice and beans and fried chicken every day, which I loved. I love Dominican food. I love, love, love it. But when you're young and you're in this cross-cultural setting, all you really want to eat, you're, you're, you're stressed to at a different level than, you know, if I had just been working here in the U.S., right? Because you have the culture shock and, and the food shock and all that. I very quickly learned how to cook everything from scratch for myself because I couldn't go to the store and buy like a box of hamburger helper. I couldn't go to the store and buy 
like the my favorite thing actually the very first thing that i kind of per, i like to say i perfected was um like a, a dip a, a, a sour cream french onion sort of style dip for veggies because the veggies were so good there and so fresh mm. and i was like i need to make a dip but the ingredients were different the sour cream was different um it was actually more like sour cream cream cheese it was just different. And so I just learned how to use the ingredients that were there, plus, you know, fresh garlic and some certain certain fresh fresh and dried spices that they had. It was it was very much like here, you either eat rice and beans all the time or you figure out how to cook for yourself. And I did both. I ate a lot of rice and beans and fried chicken and tostones and fried platanos, like so good, right? But I wanted like comfort food. Even mm. the, like they didn't have frozen chicken cordon bleus that my mom made me, right? <laughs> like I had to figure out how to do that myself. I figured out how to make bread from scratch, like start to finish five to six hours from scratch. Nice. My second, the second thing that I perfected was baking granola. Oh my gosh. That was my favorite thing to eat there for breakfast was granola, but I had to make it myself because they didn't sell granola in a box. Yeah, I couldn't no. just show up at the grocery store there and like see granola. It wasn't there. We were lucky if there was Cheerios there that day, like legit, like from General Mills Cheerios there, if they had the Dominican version, but mm, not so much. <laughs> mm. So I, I quickly figured out, okay, I'm going to have to cook for myself and learn this quickly. And so between um, a couple of different, very simple kind of cooking style um, cookbooks that were down there, plus other people who had, who had been there longer than me, who had figured out, you know, how this works, kind of, we all kind of help each other learn to cook, I guess. So I'm, I, I have very unique, like starting out and having to cook for myself. Yeah. And I like how you mentioned the cookbook. Uh, when I was first married, uh, part of the wedding gifts that my mom gave me for my bridal shower was a simple, basic Betty Crocker cookbook. Yeah, like like I'd shown any inclination to cook before, but hey, here we go. Let's give it a try. <laughs> and uh, so she did. But you know, when I, when I, actually decide to cook something from scratch, I still get out that basic Betty Crocker cookbook. And I know I can look it up online and I know I can find just about anything I need to find for a recipe online, but there's something about the cookbook, flipping through the pages, having it open and sitting up before you rather than like having to constantly, let's refresh my screen on my phone before it dies and I lose this recipe. Uh, so yeah, so having that basic cookbook, I think is a great way to start your kitchen. And I love that you mentioned that. And are there any other things that you should have when you're starting your kitchen? So I think it kind of depends on what you're going to be cooking, right? Like I would not say, you can see right over my shoulder, there's a KitchenAid. I didn't oh, yeah. have one, nor did I need one for a while because I didn't really start using it regularly until I was baking so much for my kids between cookies and muffins and quick breads and whatnot. Holy, I use that thing two or three times a week now, um, but I didn't for a long time. So I think it's, you know, and I was actually thinking about this this morning, um, unrelated to our, our little chat here, but like thinking about like the holidays are coming up, right? Like Black Friday deals. And, and this is my favorite time to take advantage of deals on, you know, KitchenAids and, you know, fancy blenders like Vitamix or Blendtec. This is the time to get those things. But do you need them? I was actually thinking about that this morning because I share all the great deals um, on our website and Facebook pages and whatnot. But do you really need that electric griddle? You know, mm -hmm. like, do you really need 
a waffle iron. Maybe you do. I have oh, I need all the iron. appliances. I, I have need, them all. <laughs> I need the waffle iron. That is definitely a need. Right. But you have to like look at your cooking philosophy, your priorities. Right. Do I need a, a food dehydrator? I used to dehydrate food all the time, but now that we're so much busier, I don't as much anymore. Right. So you kind of have to look at like where you're at and figure out, okay, so all, this is, that's my little spiel. Right. So, so starting out, I say, keep it super simple and decide, okay, do you want to start with, you know, simple meals and having just a good pot, like a saucepan, um, and a good skillet, right? I would start with very simple cookware. You don't need a double broiler start. If you don't know what that is, it's like a, a saucepan and then the other pan sits on top of it and you boil water underneath and it melts chocolate chips and different things that are sensitive when you heat them up, right? Mm. So you don't need that right away. But I would say, you know, a good pot, a good skillet, and by pot, I mean like saucepan varying size, and a good set of knives, a really good set of knives, because if you know if you want to be healthful and you want to cook for yourself, you're going to be cutting stuff, um, whether it's meat or veggies or fruit or whatnot. So, what makes a good set of knives before you go on? Yeah, I was just going to say we gotta we gotta have this good set of knives shoot. thing. And how much are you willing to pay for a good set of knives? I would pay money for a good set of knives. I would invest in a good set of knives. If you are, you know, if you're starting out and you're getting married, we're going to shift over here for a second. Part of my really messy house. Oh yeah, your no, house is nothing compared to my messy house. So. <laughs> well, okay, hang on. I'm trying to get the right knife. I'm going to show you. <laughs> okay. So a good set of knives. Yes, I would invest in a good set of knives because a good set of knives is going to last you a long time. This set that I've had up here, um, I've had for 14 years. Got it for our wedding. Um, you want a knife that's going to be heavy. It's going to balance right there. See how it balances? This is really heavy. And then you want one that you can, that's comfortable in your hand. This is a Henkel's. I am a huge fan. They are more expensive, but they will last forever and get a sharpener. Whatever set you get, get a sharpener. You can take them in to get sharpened to different stores and places and whatnot, but get a good sharpener and they, and, and take care of them and they will last you a really long time. I think a simple set of knives. I mean, some people, they they have tw sets of 12 and they have sets of, um, you know, with the steak knives without steaks. I would just get a really great chef's knife like this one. Eight to 12, 10, eight, 10 inches, and a couple of smaller knives, a paring knife. Um, Something serrated, perhaps, too? A ser a if you're going to be cutting bread, mm -hmm. get a serrated one. You don't need, like, if you're going to bake your own bread and then slice it, yes, you want to get a good one. Um, I don't use mine that much, right? Okay. Um, so I think it's just drilling in and keeping, keeping it simple, but, but based on what you're going to be eating. If you come from a home where your mom cooked a lot for you and you know that you like certain types of slow cooker meals and you're working, you know, not seven to, you're out of the house from seven to five, seven to six every day, um, just starting out with your new job or whatever it is you're doing, then maybe slow cooker. You need to get a good small four, four quart size slow cooker so that you can have meals at home waiting for you. Or you can, you know, I know some people that cook meals overnight and then take a warm lunch with them for the next day, right? So if that's, you know, figure out what's going to work for you um, based on what you think you're going to be cooking. You know, you might have to leave through your cookbook to like, okay, I'm going to need, I'm going to do lots of, you know, skillet meals or lots of soups and chilies in a saucepan or whatever. And then of course, simple bakeware, 
um, a couple different sizes of glass bakeware or casserole dishes of some kind so that you can bake things like chicken or a casserole or bread or <laughs> brownies, whatever, right? Brownies, all the time brownies, everyday brownies. Um, you, you need a good nine by 13 for that. <laughs> And I like, I like that you mentioned the slow cooker because a lot of people are like, I don't have time to cook. I don't have time to make these meals. And uh, we used to do this thing where if we're going to do a slow cooker meal, and I still do it sometimes, I get it all ready the night before, before I go to bed. And I get it all ready. I get it in the pot and then I throw it in the fridge overnight um, just to keep it cold. And then in the morning before I leave or before the day starts, you just throw it in and get it started. And it's simple and it's easy and it usually doesn't take very long. And so that's, that's a really, slow cookers are great for people who feel like they're too busy to make dinner every night. Okay. Here's my thing about too busy. Okay. Uh, can I, can I rant? <laughs> yes, please do. Get on that soapbox and rant. We're going to rant. I'm going to rant. No, I'm going to positively rant. So <laughs> we have to eat every day, multiple times a day, right? Depending on whatever your philosophy and dieting style and do you eat six times a day or three or whatever, snacking this, that, and the other. We have to eat. So you have to make time to get your food. Some t- and getting is a word that has multiple meanings in this situation, right? right? You can get your food by going to the drive through you can get your food by popping into the grocery store and grabbing the thing off of like the fresh and convenient shelf right by the front and checking out. You can get your food by doing a big grocery shop and then prepping it before you go to eat it. You can prep your food ahead of time, like you just mentioned, right? Like regardless of how you go about doing it, like you can get your food now by having it delivered to your house, whether it's through a service like Blue Apron or a service like Shift or Instant Cart, right? No matter how you look at it, you have to spend time getting and preparing and taking in your food, right? So like, I think we just get overwhelmed because we're like, oh, shoot, I have to eat again. Or, in, you know, oh, shoot, I have to feed my kids again. <laughs> oh my gosh, every day they have to eat multiple right. times a day, right? How much, and then it's, okay, how much is this going to cost me? And like, I'll use myself as an example. Like today is a half day for my kids. And I'm so, so sorry. Well, no, it's okay. I'll work tomorrow. <laughs> I've already got a plan. Um, so, but it's a half day and it's like, by the time they get out of school, it's like, 130, 145. And then actually today there's like a lunch fundraiser today. So we'll probably go to that. And in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, well, how much is this going to cost me? Where are we at in our budget for the month? You know, like all this stuff. Right. And so that stresses people out too. It's not so much, it's, it's the part of taking time. I don't know where to fit this into my schedule and the, oh my gosh, how much is this going to cost me? Because convenience food does cost more. Right. So kind of like that, those two, I think those two pieces together, is what overwhelms people and feel and, and makes you feel like I just can't do that or I don't have time or I don't have this or that, right? Or I don't have enough money. I'm running out of you know budget or whatever. I I, I hear that all the time and I am almost and I'm always just like, yeah, but you do have time. You just gotta think about it differently, right? <laughs> um, and so it's 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 you know, for me, I just like to try and encourage people to think about it and look about it in a different way and like maybe plan your schedule in a different way or plan the way you do meal prep. Like you said, making ahead. Like I'm like the queen of make ahead everything. That's like my whole motto is to be one step ahead. Like I've already got dinner in the slow cooker right here. 
I'm like, if we're going to have to go to this fundraiser for lunch, there's no way we're going out for dinner. And sometimes on the weekends we will do dinner, but not tonight because I have food. It's already in the slow cooker and I I won't have to worry about that now, right? For the rest of the day. Yeah. In terms of budgeting time, I, this was a huge thing for me because before I started Blue Apron, you know, it involved, I would spend a lot of time in the grocery store walking around shopping for food and getting myself prepared for the week. I didn't like that so much. I started using a grocery delivery service, uh, which for me gave me, it it was a little more convenient. There was uh, a little bit of a delivery fee, uh, but for me, that fee was worth the convenience of having to avoid going, you know, getting in my car, going to the supermarket, because there were, you know, there's no like small groceries around because I live in suburbia. It's always a supermarket. You go to the supermarket, you walk around for a significant amount of time. I don't think I'd ever spend less than 45 minutes. And usually it's more than that. The alternative for me was just going online, uh, knowing what groceries I needed and having them delivered uh, the next day or within two days. And again, planning in advance for that, but at least avoiding the hassle of going to the store. Is is that something that's worthwhile uh, for people in general? Or would you do, you do you like the idea of shopping and seeing, you know, the, the one thing I did like about shopping was kind of seeing what the options are as you walk up and down the aisles. Of course, that means you'll spend more money, but at least for a beginning cook, you know, like myself, it was interesting to get some ideas just by way of what I'm looking at in the aisles. Right. Uh, You hit right on the the nail on the head, but you know, the cost versus convenience factor. That's what I always tell folks. And in my makeover class, I tell everybody, you know, you have to weigh the cost versus convenience and looking at these different services and options. Right. So that's really important. Um, And you have to evaluate that yourself. Like you have to, is that whichever situation you're in, right. You're in, you're in suburbia. If you're in the city, right. I, I'd have them delivered. I think if I went to the city because walking with your groceries, you know, you can't like, Hey, Trader Joe's, I'll bring your cart back in two weeks. Like you can't just take the (laughs) cart with a cart full of groceries when you're in the city, like four blocks over and two blocks down, right? (laughs) You can't do that. Or do you want to carry all that? Right? Like tricky, tricky. I know people who live in the city eat out most of the time. Um, (laughs) But Hmm. anyways, like you, yeah, I think I probably would uh, pay for a service. To, it, again, I think it depends on your situation. It depends on cost and convenience. And here's my little, my soapbox. Maybe it's not a soapbox at all, but with, there's something about choosing your own food that I think is primal. And that's really like stretching it, right? I'm, I give myself like, that's a stretch. Look at you, but yeah. Get in touch with your primal self. But there really is. There's something about the hassles that you describe are more related to time, crowds, convenience, Mm -hmm. like external type factors that frustrate us when it comes to grocery shopping specifically, right? But like there's something, like think about like how did did our people get their food 100, 200 years ago? Mm -hmm. How did they get food? They had to go 
like grow it and hunt it and like find it and fish for it. Right. Like there's, yeah. I, and so that's why I'm all, I'm like, why do, wh- what is the draw to the grocery store? Like, why do we have to go to the grocery store? Sure. All these services are coming in and that's great. It's helping. It's meeting these, these pain points, like you described of, you know, convenience and, and time and hassle of going into the store and whatnot. But there really is something about choosing your food. And I'm thinking specifically produce, right? Like, and then like Mm -hmm. looking at the meat and like, I don't Mm -hmm. really know that I want somebody else picking that maybe on, on, on an occasion. Um, Oh, I'm cool with it. I'm totally cool. You're like, forget (laughs) it. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like I just have, I, I don't mind going to the grocery store. Sure. There are some weeks where I'm like, Oh, I gotta go to the store. Right. But for the most part, I, I'm, I don't mind doing it. I prefer to go alone and I will work my schedule so that I can go alone <laughs> without the kids. Cause that's a whole nother story. That's, that's when I'm not a very good adult when I have to take the kids with me to the grocery store. But, but I don't know, there's just something about it. And I don't know if that's just my like wanting to feed my boys and that's just part of, you know, being their mom or I don't know, but I, I just feel like there's something about going to the grocery store um, obviously this is personal uh, preference, but, but yes, but I, but going back to like, you have to weigh the cost versus convenient. Is it convenient enough for you to outweigh the expense, the additional expense that you would have to get, you know, the groceries to show up on your front doorstep, right? Whether it's the $5 for Amazon prime pantry or the $99 a year for a service like shipped, right? It just depends on, you know, where you're at and what your situation is. Yeah. So if you were, you talk about going to the store, choosing your food. If you were to go to the store and just sort of set up your kitchen with some of the staples that you need to just sort of uh, get started just cooking in general, uh, what are some of the staples that you need to go uh, get either at the store or have delivered? But what are some of those things that, you know, you should have in your kitchen if you want to be prepared to make meals? So I would always have a couple of types of meat around, um, whether that's fresh or you can stash them into the freezer. Meat generally does very well frozen in its own package, right? Take, take the two, um, the two or three chicken breasts that came in, just stick the pack in there. Use the whole thing in there. Um, you could also take them out and vacuum seal them or add sauces and, and do the freezer meal thing as well. But I would always have, um, a, whatever your preferred types of meat are, unless you're vegetarian, ignore that. Um, <laughs> I would also have, um, in your pantry, I would have a couple different types of pastas, um, small shell, large shell, spaghetti, linguine, fettuccine style, the longer style. Um, I would have a couple of different types of canned goods, probably like canned tomatoes and canned beans. Of course, if you want to cook those from scratch, get the dried version, right? It's again, up to you and your convictions on all of that. But then you can throw together a quick meal with pasta and some sauces or some canned, you know, tomatoes and tomato sauce, different types of canned tomatoes. I, I, for me, canned tomatoes are just probably with and next to pasta, the number one important to have in your pantry. Cause then you, you could do anything from chili to, you know, baking chicken with tomatoes on top and some Italian seasoning. Like how simple is that? Right. Chicken, diced tomatoes and Italian seasoning, throw in some salt and pepper and you've got yourself a great little meal that took you exactly one and a half minutes to put into the baking dish and 
15 seconds to put into the oven, right? Like keep it simple. But so having those types of ingredients, I think canned beans also, you can make chili, you can do Tex-Mexy type meals um, are really, are really crucial. I also love, we also love curry around here, like a, just like a chicken curry, really easy to make, really easy to make. It sounds complicated and it sounds hard, but it's not. They have coconut milk in a can, great curry paste options at most grocery stores, you know, check the Asian aisle. And then you add pretty much whatever you want to it, whether it's chicken or it's all vegetable or you do tofu or whatever. Like you can, it, to me, curry is just sort of this like, put two cans of coconut milk or a can of coconut milk and a can of coconut cream, which is not the same as pina colada cream. Don't get confused because that would be nasty. Um, there's, it's not all stores carry it. That's why I say that because if, if you ask somebody at the store, they'll take you to the alcohol aisle. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a can. It's, it's not sweet, okay? So it's a can of coconut milk, a can of coconut cream, and pretty much just whatever type of vegetable, whether it's peas or um, water chestnuts or bamboo shoots or um, cauliflower cauliflower I love it cauliflower bell peppers of any kind like you can pretty much toss whatever you want into a curry and it'll be good um, because the, the the core of the base of the sauce is the coconut milk with the curry paste right whether you do green or red and they, they have these great options and so I think having a variety of like sort of ethnic type foods to then experiment with too is also um, I mean, I'm thinking of what I have in my pantry now, and that's what I've got, like different types of tomatoes, different types of beans, coconut milk, and, and, and those sort of, you know, Thai-flavored spices um, and curry paste and whatnot. And then I also think baking stuff, baking stuff, that sounds very official and professional, but like flour <laughs> and sugar. Flour. And so that if you wanted to make cookies or if you're like, oh, I really want to try and make some pumpkin bread, right, I highly recommend not getting a box mix of that stuff and then going to a tried and true recipe for something like that. I, it's one, it's cheaper. And two, you can decide, okay, I want to reduce the sugar and add p applesauce. If you want to make things healthier, it's not hard to do that. But if you and, want to do that, you're going to have to do it from scratch. So. And I, yeah, and I would just like to quickly say, um, it's easier than I thought to do this stuff from scratch. And the reason I found that out was because my son does it. And he just, he just, like I'm serious. Like he's like, he's like. There was one day he was like, I want to make chocolate cake. So he got out the cookbook, looked up the recipe for. Rest, I was like, oh well, do we need to go to the store and get a mix? And he's like, I don't know. So he got up, he got up the 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 cookbook, opened it up, and said, Oh, okay. We've got we've got the cocoa, we've got the baking cocoa, we've got sugar, we've got flour, we've got eggs. We had everything we needed. And really, if you go and get the stuff from the box, all it is is the dry ingredients mixed together. That's what I realized when he showed me the rest. And he's just throwing it all in there, making a cake. And I was just like, wow, this is actually really easy. The only thing the box does is, is mix all the dry ingredients together. So you just dump them in there. So what, it takes what, an extra like minute to like put all the dry ingredients in there yourself instead of getting the box. Mm. I was, I was floored. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is really easy. I should have been doing this. And my, my 13 year old is just, I'm making a cake. <laughs> He made I a cake that. from scratch before I ever did. I'm in my That's 30s, and he's made a cake from scratch before I ever – actually, I still have it because he just makes cake, so <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I love it. So as, as we're talking about um, stocking up the pantry, yeah. one thing that I discovered recently is that everything – it works out a lot better if you use airtight containers of some kind to store everything because I, I suppose it depends on your climate. 
it is easy to attract bugs and other insects by keeping food in your pantry for, for, you know, for me, I'm, you know, I live alone. So what I buy can last a while and everything from pasta to, to, to wheat and bread and and almost everything can, can attract uh, insects that you don't want to have around and having airtight containers really saved me there. For sure. So when I lived in the Dominican Republic, yeah. Yeah, no windows on our house. Like, <laughs> you can imagine <laughs> everything was in a container of some kind. Everything, literally everything had to be in a, like, totally sealed up container. A lot of things we stored in the freezer just because they would last longer and stay fresher that way. <laughs> so... You talked a little earlier about, you know, growing, you know, in, in terms of where you go to get food, growing um, has always been an option. And I remember when I was growing up, my mother had a garden in the backyard and we would grow our own vegetables and some herbs and possibly spices. And that's harder to do when you're perhaps living in your first apartment, but there are ways to do that. Um, you know, I've seen windowsill uh, um spice racks and things like that. Uh, what, what, what do you suggest? I mean, I also have a dry spice rack. Um, you know, you just buy it. You, it comes with the rack. It comes with all the spices and containers. It comes with a lifetime resupply. There's something, you know, when I get the fresh spices from Blue Apron, you know, it's def- it definitely makes a big difference. And of course, shopping. Uh, so what's, is, is, is the dry spice, is that worthwhile for somebody who's new or does it just make sense to get something fresh or grow your own? I would say both, depending on what you're cooking. Like if you're going to be cooking a lot of Italian food, just set up a little fresh herb, um, little, you know, two or three little tiny pots um, in a window in your apartment, right? Because there, you're right, there's nothing better than like a spaghetti sauce made with fresh basil and fresh oregano and fresh thyme. Like legit food right there. That's like... That's like you're a foodie all of a sudden if you're like making your own sauce with fresh Italian herbs, right? So I think for sure, like I would say unless you're, if you're cooking a quite a bit of Italian food, yeah, I would get a little tiny, um, you know, spice, or sorry, fresh herb, you know, setup that you can put into a window. If you have a kitchen, a window in your kitchen or a window wherever you can, or even if you have a little balcony, you know, just getting a little bit of sun, right? You know, if you can, if you're in a situation, um, there's a great concept called square foot gardening that you can grow actually a lot of food in a very small space. So if you're in an apartment and maybe like I'm thinking in the city rooftop, if you can, it obviously depends on every, every building is different or your balcony. The container gardening is also another great option if you want to grow just a few things like bell peppers and tomatoes and, you know, but if you are going to go down the gardening path, there's a lot to learn. You know, if you're just going to have a few fresh herbs in inside of your apartment, not a ton to learn about that. Just make sure they, you know, get water in a little sun, right? But if you're going to do the full on gardening thing and, you know, whether it's container or square foot, there's things that you have to be willing to learn, you know, about pest control and, um, you know, sun and, and how much sun it's getting. You have to make sure you're on the right side of the building, get enough. Like there's lots of factors involved in that, right? So I would, I would read um, before you go down that path because you don't want to start down that path, spend the money to, do, you know, to get the containers and get the dirt and whatever. And then you're like, oh, shoot, this is just going to get destroyed by the whatever freak, you know, bugs that are going to come through this area, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I would, I would do research for sure. And, you know, I, I think 
doing like a lot of gardening in an apartment situation would be would be challenging. But if you have a small home, if you have a starter home, for sure, square foot gardening is a great option. Um, you can do in the ground, above the ground, it doesn't matter. Container gardening on your back patio, whatever it may be, I think are great options for doing growing doing your own food. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you're doing or that you have done in places people can find you. Uh, so go ahead and tell us uh, some of the things, some of the resources that you have available that would be great for for people who are looking to start their cooking life and finally take on that chore as an adult. Yes. Okay. So AaronChase5DollarDinners.com is sort of the, the home of everything, if you will. That's the website that I started with um, eight years ago. And it's where I share a ton of recipes. We have great recipes. I, like I've shared, I'm a busy mom. We have four kiddos. I don't do anything that's crazy and that's complicated cooking style-wise. Um, if you want to learn how to cook, the best option for you would be my Dinner Made Easy show that we do on Facebook Live every Wednesday. And it's just me cooking in the kitchen and I show you from my phone, right? Like it's just, it's, there's nothing fancy, there's nothing complicated about this. I have to be able to show you what I'm making with one hand because I'm holding the phone <laughs> with the other hand or it's in the tripod, right? So that, all of those videos are on the $5 Dinners Facebook page. If you go to $5 Dinners and then hit the videos, you'll see you know, the one I just did was my grandmother's ham recipe because we're leading up to the holidays here, right? And then going backwards, I've done a slew of different types of recipes, baking, skillet, um, making sauces from scratch and whatnot. So there's a lot of great, like, how to cook content there. Um, obviously, we have all the recipes on $5 dinners. And then I have three, we've developed three different tools and resources to help with meal planning and grocery spending. So the first is the $5 meal plan, which is a weekly meal plan subscription service. And the second is a grocery savings class, which we do three times a year. The next one will be in Jan early January. And that's called the grocery budget makeover. And then the freezer cooking meal plan membership is our newest resource. And we have a web app. Um, mobile app is currently in review with the app store. Um, so that's to help you get your freezer stocked and loaded um, with this sort of like, as Miranda mentioned earlier, sort of like the prep ahead dump style, real quick to prep, little, little pre-cooking type recipes. And so the, all of those resources are sort of the family of resources that we've created, bottom line, help you spend less money on groceries and help you feel confident in the kitchen. That is like, those are my two like main goals in life to help you <laughs> mm -hmm. spend less money and help you uh, just feel confident in, in cooking and not have these like disasters of, you know, burning the bottom of the skillet or whatever of setting something on fire. Oh, please. Oh, no. I've done that. <laughs> I've done that. I've set things on fire. Oh, um, dear. <laughs> But no, but no. I, every time, every time I talk to you, Aaron, I, I seriously do. I seriously am like, you know, I need to ditch the blue apron and I need to just sign up for Aaron's stuff because it would be less expensive and it would be just as efficient <laughs> once I got it going. It would be, I think. It's it, you know, it's again, it's setting yourself up for like just taking that few minutes. Like like I said, like my little soapbox earlier. Like you have to create. You have to use yeah. the time wisely of getting your food ready, whether you're going to your, pl we, I do, I plan when we're going out, 
Like I, that's part of the planning. Like you don't have to eat at home all the time, right? But you have to plan. Okay, right. we're going to balance all this eating out with eating at home on nights X, Y, and Z. And this is what we're going to make, right? And this is how I'm going to get mm. ahead. Like my whole thing is like just being efficient and smart with the time that you're spending. And that's a whole nother um, <laughs> other conversation. We'll have you back but, for um, that one. We'll have yeah, you back for that one. We can do that again too. <laughs> but that's like, that's, you, you've got to be smart with, because you do have to spend time and energy to figure out what you're going to eat. You just do. Um, so being smart with that, I think is um, a large part of what we try and help you do. It's amazing that you even have time to cook with all of the projects that you're running. <laughs> Again, I'm telling you, I'm super protective. And it's like every morning I'm in the kitchen, every afternoon I'm in the kitchen and everything else happens in between, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's um, and I have a great team. So I can't complain about that. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think on that note, um, thank you so much, Aaron, for joining us today. This has been uh, really enlightening and really fun. Uh, we do these adulting.tv live things every once in a while. So I hope you'll subscribe and uh, see what we have coming next. And uh, again, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, visit us at adulting.tv and find us on Facebook. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.